Therapist Uncensored brings you decades of experience with interpersonal psychotherapy, relational neuroscience, modern attachment, and anything else they think will be helpful in healing humans. Now, here are your co-hosts, Dr. Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and every other beautiful person on the gender continuum spectrum. Welcome. We're going to be doing something a little bit different today. I'm going to share with you a case, and the case is going to illuminate some of the stuff we've been learning about with attachment. And after I share the story, I'll say more about some of the things that it highlights. Mainly, it is the balance of fear and attachment. You can kind of listen for that in the in it. But I think I'm going to leave that part to the end so that we can jump right into the story. And the case is about a goose named Felicity. Quick context. I learned about it from Dan Stern. He wrote a paper entitled, A Felicitous Meeting of Attachment and Relational Psychotherapy. Now, if you haven't heard of Dan Stern, he is a preeminent psychiatrist and psychoanalytic theorist. He wrote The Interpersonal World of the Infant particularly about subjectivity and infants, you know, rather than things being linear stages of development that a baby goes through, he helped move us to the interpersonal world about baby mother together, you know, what happens in between. And so that is true for psychotherapy or close relationships in general, that it's about what happens in between. So that just gives you some context of who he is. And the case, the woman who wrote the original article is named Helga Fischer-Mambola. She worked at Conrad Lorenz lab. Now, Conrad Lorenz, you might recognize as the gentleman who did all the work with geese and imprinting. He's the one who discovered that, you know, within a couple of days, geese and ducklings imprint on their mothers. That's why you see the little line of goslings following the mama. Super cute. So he did a lot of research there, and of course, that was the some of the precursor to the thinking around attachment. Okay, so this little goose was one of N. Conrad's Lorenz's lab, and it was determined that this would be a experimental subject. So this, some of this is going to be sad, you guys. I'll just tell you the truth, but it's powerful. And one of the reasons I want to share it with you, besides the fact that a listener reminded me too, thank you for that is that I shared this probably 15 years ago in a group that I lead. And still to this day, some of the clients talk about how much it impacted them. So snuggle up. I hope that it can touch you as well and bring you good things. So Felicity was a little goose that right upon being hatched was placed in isolation. So for some time, she had no interaction with any geese or humans or anything. The only thing that would happen would be a machine would feed her at regular intervals. And the only kind of spontaneous thing that would happen was there would be a noise when the thermostat would turn off and on. And she developed a symptom, which is when she would hear it click, she would run to that area to the thermostat, like seeking it, but then would head bob, almost like she's saying no, and then she would run away. This symptom ended up persisting for poor Feli throughout her life, actually. So pretty soon they introduced her into the group of geese, the flock, and right off the bat, she didn't fit in. She stayed at the edge of the group, at the edge of the flock. 
for example, when they would feed, she would wait till the end and then run in and eat kind of whatever was left and then run away. When a goose would come up behind her when she was eating and scare her, she would turn and hiss the way that a goose normally responds to a predator. You don't really see this within the species with each other. She did have this, you know, multiple funny symptoms of kind of approach avoidance where she would go in circles, couldn't quite settle. But she also did have some rudimentary skills that are probably inborn, and she did begin to do some nest building. So the researcher got the idea to see if we could impact her attachment, you know, her bonding with the other geese by putting some goose eggs under her, you know, in the nest. And she did know how to sit on them, but she didn't quite sit on them enough. And the first round of eggs, they didn't hatch. So they try again, and this time she's getting better. She sits on them, they hatch. But when the little babies hatched, Felicity was scared to death of them and wouldn't go near them. And unfortunately, all of these little hatchlings died. Then they had the idea that baby geese are very dependent and kind of demanding of their parents. But ducks are born more independent. So they put a clutch of duck eggs underneath her. And she was able to sit on them and warm them, and they hatched. And this time, she didn't take care of them. She didn't cuddle them or, you know, protect them. But she also didn't totally reject them. She just stayed away from them. And because these little guys are more resilient, they were able to kind of walk down to the water and to the pond themselves and and kind of fended for themselves for the most part. At night, they would sleep together as a group, but not underneath Felicity. She wouldn't allow that. But one night, there was a really bad storm, and the little babies curled up, they, they kind of scooched up underneath her, and she let them, and she put her wings out, and she kept them warm. And the next morning, you know how you see the mama leading the ducks? The next morning, she was at the end of the line. She followed the little baby ducklings down to the water, and then she would follow them back to the shelter. And all of these ducks survived, and they went on and were fine. And because of this experience, Felicity began to be a little more accepted. She kind of knew a little bit more about approach. She was less scared, but she still kind of continued at the edge of the flock. When male geese would try to court her, she did not know what to do, and basically it wouldn't work. The relationships didn't form. But one day, there was a goose and an outlier and a little funky, and they found each other. And this time, Felicity let the courting happen, and they bonded. And the sweet part of this is that they stayed a pair for many, many years and ended up successfully basically being able to connect and bond and heal some of that attachment and security. Eventually, the lab, Lorenza's lab, was closed down, and the geese were moved to another area, and again, this is sad, but the male was flying over a lake in Switzerland, and a Swiss hunter shot him and killed him, and Feli grew depressed, and she died not too long afterwards. But overall, she did actually quite well, considering her early upbringing. The whole of her life was in some ways, surprisingly successful. So just take a little scan of how you're feeling and if there's any of this you might be relating to. (laughs) Some people can really relate to feeling so awkward socially and scared, maybe having symptoms, sort of painful 
self-soothing symptoms when it comes to interpersonal relating. So why don't I tell you that story, that poignant, painful, hopeful story? The point of this case was really looking at how through relationship, we can sneak up on attachment. And so basically those ducks snuck up on her and she couldn't do the relationships directly like the courting, but those babies were able to kind of get in under her defense. And then once that happened, her fear went down, her approach behaviors began to come online and there was able to be a real true shift in how she was able to relate. This ties into just attachment in general. You know, it's this kind of this balance of fear, which we need to stay safe and to be, you know, monitoring ourselves, but also our desire to be close. It's kind of the balance of that, that, you know, if it's balanced well, that's another way of thinking of security. If we're too scared, right, we can't let people get close. If we hang on too tight, that's also not secure relating. Another way to think of it is, That fear behavior when it comes to relationships, again, this is just for those of you who may have your own attachment disruptions or injuries or hurts, so that getting close to people is sometimes scary. Well, it creates a avoidance behavior, right? You want to flee, you want to move away from it. It's not something that you feel comfortable approaching. So if you notice, one of the things that happens in the case is that By this rather artificial introduction of the ducks to Feli's life, the researchers were able to sneak up on that escape behavior that she was doing and reduce her fear. And then that allowed her to have more approach behaviors and be able to let people get closer, let people. You can see how I'm totally relating to this goose as a a person. (laughs) The beauty of this is that there's hope, One way is to understand some of her symptoms was to think of it as, again, it's approach avoidance. It was a strategy. So she tries to get close to the little sound and then she runs away. She would try to get close to the other geese and then she runs away. So you can see that the attachment was still in there, like she wanted to go towards, but the fear then would become overwhelming and she would run away. And I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of wanting to be close to people, but declining invitations or looking away or just being too scared to stay open to that person's gaze or to the compliment or to the good nourishment and nutrients that are coming towards you interpersonally. I'd like to use this case to invite everybody to think about Feli as hopeful. We can sneak up on it. If you don't have a pet and you can relate to any of this, I would encourage you to get one. That is one of the ways, if we go back to Steve Porges and polyvagal theory and fear and threat, that if you can connect with, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, your puppy, your kitty, (laughs) your salamander, your parrot, it does not matter. But that's a version of sneaking up on the attachment system and helping you feel safe with approach. And the safer you feel with approach, then that's going to encourage more approach and and help the attachment system kind of come back online. So why don't you kind of scan inside yourself for your own escape behaviors? Sometimes it's our work. Sometimes it's our church, our religious practice. Sometimes our religious practice is what helps connect us to ourselves and to our community and to our close people. 
And other times we can use it as a wall, as a way to push people away. What other escapes might you have if you think about it? Food, sugar, sex, shopping. Maybe by thinking about Feli and Feli's bravery of letting herself get close, it changed her life. It changed the rest of her life. And part of it had to do with the ducklings not rejecting her. And the ducklings, you know, pushed past her defense and crawled up under there. And that helped her kind of kick in and be protective and let them approach. So who are the ducks in your life that could help you, you know? Who are the folks that are safe enough, that are kind of hanging around and would like to get closer, just need you to let them in, just needs you to let them kind of scooch in? So I hope you enjoyed this case. We're all animals. We're all part of the animal kingdom. And sometimes we can see things more clearly looking at another species. And I hope you enjoy Feli. If you'd like to read the whole case, like I said, it is in the show notes. Dan Stern's article is in the show notes. And then I also have the reference to the original research on Felicity. So I hope you all enjoyed that story. And if you found it impactful, feel free to share it with someone who might need it as hope of being able to shift our attachment strategies and overcome fear and get close with people. If you enjoy this kind of material and you would like to study it more deeply or just join the community of folks that are discussing and learning together, please join us on patreon.com backslash therapist uncensored. We are now beginning to offer reading groups. They're peer-led reading groups of our community. It's really cool. Again, share freely. One of the best things you could do to support us, if you would like to, is jump on and give us a review. It helps our discoverability, and that way people all over the world can learn more about this incredible attachment science and use it to reduce their escape behaviors (laughs) and let people get close and promote security across the world. All right. Thanks for listening. See you around the bend. Therapist Uncensored is Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. This podcast is edited by Jack Anderson. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.